Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Benson. I'm your host. It is, if you are listening to the podcast in audio form, Tuesday, March 29th. If you are watching the podcast on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six, we are live every day during the week, Monday through Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. You can come hang out and chat with us if you're so inclined. Schedule a lunch break and come kick it with us. Uh, we are going to do a mock draft Monday today. Um, all right, let's, we're going to talk about your big board versus your mock draft. You see this from, from everybody. And then this is how the draft, this is how draft Knicks and junior draft analyst, uh, should, should handle things. You know, you need to have a big board where you rank your prospects in order of how you feel they, they slot out as a prospect versus, uh, you know, where it's not going to match, it's not going to match up perfectly with where they go in the draft because teams will reach teams have different positions. They need teams have different rankings on these prospects. Um, and like, you're going to have different rankings for your big board versus say like a Daniel Jeremiah's big board. Right. Um, mm-hmm. how much, how much do you push up quarterbacks, uh, when it comes to, uh, the big board? You mean uh, when it comes to the mock draft? 20, yeah, no, no, uh, no, no, no. So like, in your when you when you're by the way the 2024 NFL draft be held in Detroit. Oh, so we have Kansas City and Detroit. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Vegas, Kansas City, and Detroit. Uh, we know now the the locations for that. So, like, yeah. I guess I'm wondering. So, Matt Matt Corral, number 26 on your big board. You have him going 32nd overall. Mm-hmm. Is oh, is, I he, see. is he moved up your big board because he's a quarterback, or do you just actually? And do you? I mean, and I. And, it's okay if the answer is no, but I'm just curious. Like, do you have a, do you use a grading system or do you just sort of rank them out by sort of like, you, you know, you, you take the list of prospects, you list out your linebackers, you list out your running backs. You're just sort of the process. So the process is um, starting with the college football season in the fall. I, I watch these guys and then I get sort of initial idea of where I would, where they should be slotted in terms of like first, second, third round, and then day three. And then once the season is over, once like November gets around here, I'll go through and start watching them again and get a little more precise grade. And then I'll talk to scouts and, and, and about guys that have questions about. And then when you get to the senior bowl, you talk to more people in the combine, you talk to more people and sort of start to crystallize what these guys are going to be. As for the quarterbacks, I just grade them like they're another player in terms okay. of where they go uh, on this big board. Like Matt Corral is my 26 ranked player. And I like Matt Corral more than a lot of media folks. I know some NFL teams like Matt Krause or QB1. So, again, it's just the disparity that you see between the league. But, and the but in other words, Matt, Matt Corral isn't pushed up from like 35 to 26 because nah. he's a quarterback. Okay. In fact, and I, I don't know if I told you this, told someone this, but I went back and watched a lot more Sam Howell. I watched three more of his games. He's not on my QB2 because I, you know, you watch the Virginia Tech game at the beginning of the year and like, oh, boy, this guy's a walking disaster with no weapons around him. He actually – Got better, and he actually carried that Carolina football team, which was not a good football team. No. Um, 
and I'll tell you quickly, like P Prisco and I were texting back and forth because he likes to he likes his guys and I like my guys, and he likes to tell me I'm wrong and that's not unusual. But his I don't think he'll care if I tell you his quarterback rankings as we sit here. He likes Kenny Pickett the best, Desmond Ritter, and then Matt Corral, then Sam Howell, then Malik Willis. For me, <laughs> it's Corral, Howell, Willis, Pickett, and Ritter. So it just gives you some indication that this quarterback class, more than any other in the last 10 years probably, there's going to be a lot of variation in terms of where these guys go. And the good news for you, Brinson, when you do your mock draft, it won't be a Jake Fromm situation. You could put any one of these guys as your first quarterback off the board, and, and no one will disagree with that. That reminds me that I have to – Delete that post. <laughs> uh, I have to do my mock draft today. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I'm and I'm not. I'm just looking at Daniel Jeremiah's because he. Just, I just happened to click it open when because um, he tweeted it out earlier. But like, he has Matt Corral at 35. He has. Oh, there you go. Sam Howell at 48. He has Malik Willis at 27 and Pickett at 24. Like these guys are all over the place. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's see. Even, yeah. Ritter, Desmond Ritter's not even a top 50 prospect for him. Like, And that's the funny thing. So here's the thing about Desmond Ritter, who I, I said ever since we spoke with him at the Combine, like the dude has an edge, and he he's a, like, he feels like he'd be a great leader in the locker room and all that other stuff. The accuracy concerns are real, but Prisco loves him. Like, And there are other guys in the media who love the way he plays, and he has experience. He's played in over 50 football games. The And, and maybe it's a situation, and Prisco obviously was right about Josh Allen, who couldn't hit the broadside of a barn coming out of the Wyoming. Um, maybe there's a situation where you have to try to figure out how much can he grow as as a player in terms of being accurate. And, and I think, you know, that's sort of what you have to figure out. Now, I don't know if that's particularly easy to do, <laughs> but uh, that's the math you're, you're you're trying to do. And and it's interesting that he doesn't have him as a top fifty player. DJ doesn't. I don't think I do either. Um, let me see where I had Ritter. Uh, I have Ritter at. um 94 okay yeah so I mean, there you go yeah i mean look the reality is do you remember what the what's the stat the football outsiders uses for the quarterbacks it's dvoa or no 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 for the draft quarterbacks oh i don't remember there's a name for it i think right like yeah adam or something i don't know what it is um let me see if i find it uh cubase i think oh okay maybe cubase i'm just trying to find I was trying to find the because you know Trevor like like they've been pretty good at projecting those quarterbacks and how they would and how they would succeed based on those numbers. Now, obviously, there are uh, certainly like Trevor Lawrence, well, Zach Wilson was high up there too. Did Trey Lance Fields? Hmm. They didn't. They didn't like Mac Jones though. So we'll see. Uh, I, I was just mm -hmm. I didn't know. If, I didn't know if they had um, if they had released it for twenty twenty two yet because I was interested to see exactly how those teams slide out. It looks like it was March 30th last year, so it should be coming this week, I would guess. Uh, let me see real quick. Um, anyway, we don't need to keep lingering on this. Let's look at some of these examples of these quarterbacks. You have Matt Corral, 26 on the big board, 32 to the Lions. Sam Howell, 27 on the big board, not going in the first round. Malik Willis, 39 on the big board, going six overall to the Panthers. And Kenny Pickett, 44th on the big board, going eighth overall to the Falcons. That's Pretty wide disparity between your big board and your mock draft. Yeah, and that's this is more a mock draft of what you think is going to end up happening as opposed to what you actually think is going to happen, and that's the only reason for that. Um, and, we, you know, we've talked a lot about <laughs> – we just talked about Matt Rule and, and his ensemble. Uh, it looked like he just threw himself together to get out there. Maybe that's because he was trying to figure out how to solve this quarterback situation that he finds himself. So at number six, it's it, it feels like it's going to be a quarterback because they continue to strike out in free agency and, and through the – through 
trading avenues. Deshaun Watson obviously is now in Cleveland. So, you know, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett feel like the the front runners. Malik Willis because of his quote unquote upside. Kenny Pickett because of his relationship with uh, Matt Rule going back to Temple when that that Matt Rule recruited him to Temple. He ended up going to Pitt, obviously, and then of course he's twenty four. He's experienced. He came back for his final year at Pitt and, and did really well. I have a lot of questions about Kenny Pickett. Um, Prisco will try to tell you he's sort of like Joe Burrow. He's absolutely nothing like Joe Burrow in terms of that final year, but you know we'll find out. That's just that's just how it seems now. More times than not, you can be wrong about these guys because you just don't know. But Kenny Pickett doesn't strike me as someone who's going to come in and, and magically solve the Carolina Panthers' problems where that offensive line is still a huge issue. So my thing on this, I'm I'm going to have Pickett going to the Panthers at six, and it's not that I, I guess think, your buddy Chris's wishes. Yes, it's not that I think Kenny Pickett is the solution there, or that Kenny Pickett will be necessarily be great for the Panthers. The connections between Matt Rule and Kenny Pickett and David Tepper and Kenny Pickett. And the absolute desperation of the Carolina Panthers after striking out on every single quarterback, you know, they couldn't even get Carson Wentz, couldn't convince Carson Wentz to waive his no trade clause for, for Carolina, which is just, uh, you know, just, just embarrassing. Now, look, it could totally end up being Malik Willis, but I think the problem is Matt Rule's seat is so toasty and the Panthers are in, it feels like they really need to get some wins this year. I don't know that Malik Willis like I feel like Kenny Pickett is more ready to step in in 2022 and play for the Panthers even with a bad offensive line than Malik Willis and I don't think that this is a case where if Malik if they draft Malik Willis that it buy, necessarily buys Matt Rule additional time. Yeah, you know, that's that's one of your you've had that theory for a while that if you it's one thing if you're on the hot seat you got you can draft a quarterback and buy yourself some time quote unquote. But I'm with you on terms of not putting Malik Willis out there. I'm on, I'm like that. I'm that way with a lot of these quarterbacks. But you know, Prisco and Brady Quinn both think you just throw the guy out there and see what happens. That that's sort of their default with these quarterbacks. And I don't know if that's making anyone better. I don't care who you are. Dan Marino in his prime on the Panthers team is going to get sacked 45 times next year. Right. So I I don't know what they, you do. They've, they've improved the offensive line a little bit in the in 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 the off season. Would you feel I mean, good about putting a, a franchise quarterback behind that offensive line? No. What they need to do is draft an offensive lineman at six. Yes. But the problem is they don't have a second-round pick because that went to the the Jets, presumably, for Sam Darnold. If if the Panthers were to do this the correct way, you would draft an offensive lineman at six and just take your medicine with Sam Darnold in 2021, yeah. 2022. You have to understand that this team is, I mean, not you, but like you, <laughs> there needs to be some self-awareness that right. this team is not prepared to go win anything right now, particularly with Tom Brady coming back to the Buccaneers. I, I guess. I think you can do better than Sam Darnold. Like they whiffed on that one and you can complain about all the. They just simply these. didn't need to pick up the fifth year option. Like, yeah. that, like it was just, just, a, just a, it's an unforced error. Don't, don't. Would you rather have Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold? I know that's not going to happen, but. Baker Mayfield for sure. I mean, it might be half a dozen on one behind that offensive line. We saw what Baker looked like last year, and that offensive line was actually pretty good despite a couple of injuries. Yeah, but it makes you wonder. Like, you're striking up with Deshaun Watson, whatever that happens, there were other suitors. But they, they didn't – I mean, Mr. Trubisky could have been an option. I don't know how seriously they pursued him, but just something more than Sam Darnold that's actually cheap too. But you're right. They have to play, they have to pay Sam Darnold either way. So maybe the the the, the role the, – the, the idea is to – if you take Malik, you roll with Sam Darnold this year and let him be the, the pinata – and then perhaps in the offseason or through some voodoo or sorcery, you, you find some some offensive lineman on day three and go from there. Yeah, I mean, 
It's it's just they. I've been saying this for like a year plus now. They actually they they um artificially accelerated their timeline when these quarterbacks became available because they were so desperate to get one of the franchise quarterbacks. And when they struck out on them, they are now in this position where you either have to take your medicine and draft the best player available, like an offense. Cause it seems like, I mean, like it seems like at this point that one of Icky, Evan Neal or Charles cross will be there available at six for them. Right. In fact, in this last mock draft at six, they could have gotten Charles cross for sure. They could have got someone like Kyle Hamilton. If you want to bolster the secondary, which, which needs some bolstering. Um, I don't think you'd want to go too much beyond that in terms of taking a wide receiver or or defensive back or an edge rusher. That's not necessarily a need. But I, I think Charles Cross, if he's there, can, or Kyle Hamilton, that's certainly a consideration. Because I'm with you. Like, And I say it all the time. You can take Kenny Pickett at six. I can tell you exactly what it's going to look like. It's called Daniel Jones. So you're putting a lot of pressure on that guy to do a lot of things that he's not going to be able to do because he can't also block and throw at the same time. Um, the, uh, some in, uh, Stu Bromhill in the chat ask who, what are the odds on who gets fired first? I haven't seen those yet. They usually come out, um, after the schedule is made, but I think everybody in the AFC East is safe. They wouldn't even be in the mention. Everybody in the NFC North is safe for right now. We'd get a full season. I would anticipate the. AFC South, the two bad teams hired first-year coaches, and I don't think the Colts or Titans are firing anybody. Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, Broncos are all safe for right now. Uh, Cowboys, Eagles, Washington, Giants, I mean, I think they're all fine too. Packers, Dal- fine. No, no, Dallas. That's- oh, Mike McCarthy, yeah, good call, good call. If the if the Cowboys like just were just terrible out of the gate, Mike McCarthy, maybe midseason, but I, I would think that they'll give him the time to try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. In a bad division, it's a good call though on, on Dallas. Um Everybody in the NFC North is fine. Like, I don't see Dan Campbell getting fired after a second year unless the team just quits on him completely. Bucks fine. Saints, first-year head coach. Falcons, still, uh, they, they're not going to be that rash after they traded away Matt Ryan. The Rams, fine. Cardinals, maybe. Niners, fine. Seahawks, probably mm-hmm. fine. I would say, I mean, I don't think Pete Carroll... They, Pete Carroll just won a power struggle against Russell Wilson. So... Did he, though? <laughs> Well, I mean, he, 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 they kept him and not Russ. So I, I don't think that they would fire him midseason. I mean, it is, to me, it is two very obvious candidates, Matt Rule and Mike McCarthy. And I think if, depending on, you know, how David Tepper's feeling, it just wouldn't be shocking if he moved on from Matt Rule, um, if the Panthers start out like 0 and 5 or something like that. Right. Um, and which could very well easily happen. Uh, why Big Jordan says he thinks the Panthers are trading back if, Icky and Evan Neal are off the board. I think that's – I was about to suggest that, honestly. I think that's a – All right, let me ask you this. Who's trading up and for what? Right. I mean, that's the problem. I don't – I don't – I don't know. <laughs> I mean – like, I mean, seriously. I mean, who's who's coming up to six? Well, the – it could be somebody who – I mean, let's see. It could be somebody who is – like the Falcons are at eight, the Seahawks are at nine, so that's only moving a couple spots. Well, uh, you got to figure all right, in in your mock, uh, I think in your mock draft, no, Prisco's mock draft, just because it was the first one I could bring up easily. He has uh, the Panthers going Pickett at six, and the Giants going Kyle Hamilton at seven. Mm-hmm. So if the 
Falcons, I don't think the Seahawks will trade up. They're more likely to trade down. If the Falcons, Jets, the Jets just picked two, though. Washington, oh, God, there's just nobody who would trade up. Like and, like, this, the Steelers traded from 20 to 10 a few years ago to get Devin Bush. They're at 20 again this year. They ain't moving up to 10. No. I mean, they, that, yeah, that's right. they have too many things they got to sort out. Yeah, I mean, I guess the problem is that it would need to be somebody who thinks the Giants are definitely taking Kyle Hamilton at seven and wants to leapfrog. And, and the thing is, Carolina might be willing to do it for a lot less. The Eagles, maybe, with their three first-round picks? Do what? What, do, what does Philly want to trade up for? I don't know. No, I'm out. Yes. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I don't think. But I was saying, would you would you trade up to six if it cost you um, – uh, 15 and a second round pick 15 and a second yeah if you're still keeping those three first round picks yeah I would consider that if, if you could get like the guy I would target is Kyle Hamilton because I think there's a chance that but hey, hold on be willing to hold do that because they don't have a second round pick where are they getting the second round pick from the Eagles Oh, I see what you're saying. I, I was saying, like, the basically, Carolina's like, look, we got to get – we we want to take a quarterback. We don't want to take a quarterback at six because it's going to be Daniel Jones 2.0 for us, basically. Let's we, – like, you call Philly, like, look, we don't even need a second first rounder. We just want a second rounder uh, to to pick up. You still have the problem of getting an offensive lineman and a quarterback. Now you're 15. I'm I'm aware it's 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 a problematic situation. It sounds great to me. I don't think it's it's super realistic. Yeah, yeah, it would be embarrassing for them to do it. Um, Sweet mercy. Anyway, let's take a break, and when we come back, we will discuss more uh, different, more uh, disparity between Ryan Wilson's big board and his top ten next. Aiden Hutchinson matches up. Number one on the big board. Number one in your hots, Jacksonville. By the way, Sam Howell's uh, pro day is going on right now. Oh, good for Sammy. Hope he does yeah, well. I probably should have driven over there. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> uh, maybe next year. That's a haul. It's just a haul. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, number two on your big board, but you have him falling all the way down to 14. Do you feel like the – to the Ravens, do you feel like at this point that the, the smoke on him – uh, dropping in the draft is is legitimate. It's not even smoke. Like I've talked to teams that have concerns. I, I talked to other people that have concerns, and I keep hearing it. So I mean, I don't think people are making it up. And I typically don't like to bring this sort of stuff up because a lot of times it is smoke screens. But folks are wondering about it. So I, I mean, uh, you know, whether I like him, I like him a lot in terms of the way he plays when he's on the field. But if he's not going to go that high, it doesn't make sense for me to keep putting him that high. So unless it's an elaborate smoke screen by several teams in the league. Um, I, I think there are things that folks are trying to figure out as we get down the stretch here. I wonder if it's possible that Thibodeau would be a trade-up option. No. No? Uh, okay. He might be there at eight or nine. Yeah. Interesting. 14 is pretty low, uh, but you still th- you still have him as your number two prospect? Uh, yeah, it's funny you say that as we're talking. We just got I got a note from Kyle Stackpole, our NFL editor, saying we need to update our, our top 300 guys. Um, in the next few days, because uh, I think our guy, Danny Burkholder, is going to start putting that into the mock draft machine for draft night. Not so far down the road we're looking. But anyway, so, yeah, um, as we sit here, he's still my number two guy, I think. I'll double check. Okay. He is. There you yep. go. Kyle Hamilton, number three for you. Mm-hmm. How far down on your big board do you think you'll put um, uh, Thibodeau on your, on your updated big board? 
I love the way he plays. Like this has nothing to do with what he does on the field. Like I don't know if I'm going to move him down. I'll think about it. I, I'll, I'll give it some thought because nothing's going to change in terms of the way I, I, I graded him, quote unquote, as a, as a football player. That dude was just destroying people when he was healthy. He hurt his ankle after the first game at Fresno State and came back and just was just as 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 um as good. He's a better athlete than Hutchinson. He's just you know there there's some questions, which is weird to have to talk about. But whatever. Here we are. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. That's a good good point. I don't. I can't imagine I drop out of the top five, but you know we'll see. I would be. I mean, I just think. I mean, I tend to. I hate that a lot of times. I fall prey to the off season and teams do this too. media members do it too. Every, everybody does it. It's just easy to fall prey to the off season buzz. You know, you hear it's like, everybody's talking about that. Yeah, and it's an echo chamber. It's a problem. And I say this all the time that I fell for the T Higgins BS. Yep. And that blew up my face. And I'm glad he's having a good career, despite the fact that I bought into the, the nonsense. So I, um, you got to fight the power. I'm trying to think of the person that I fell for that on that I'm still mad about. Whereas like you thought Philip Rivers was gonna be good. I remember that. <laughs> um, no, I just think there's people did it with Parsons last year. Yeah, Parsons is 100%. Parsons, Parsons is a great example. One of the greatest defensive rookies of all time. <laughs> That's a great point. Um God, there's somebody else that, that Yeah, I wonder where I had him going to my last mock draft because I know I I talked to a few people about him in the league and they said, you know what, some of the stuff he did was just immaturity it wasn't like he was a bad person and as i like to say all the time when i was 22 right i, I had on to chicago at 20 Ugh, gross the only difference between me and these kids is that i was broke and no one gave a crap what i was doing i was still doing a bunch of stupid stuff mm-hmm. um oh, i had the patriots taking mac jones that's cool <laughs> nailed it well, that's the great thing about like you are you are in the best pos- spot possible because you can come in at the last moment and just see survey the landscape and figure out where all the that nonsense first one comes out tomorrow though. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it is it is it is easier to sort of have this time to sit back and like to to evaluate all the information and to and to see where people are slotted and all that. Whereas you you've you've been doing this mock draft since you know the college football season, right? And it's mm-hmm. like you sort of have to. This is version 30. I'm not even kidding. Like this yeah, is I mean, that's that's too many. You think? Yeah. I mean, you've done just as many as Prisco after this week. He's he's on one. Yeah. It's it's just too many. It's it, it it's gonna it, I mean, I get why they do it because they do clicks and the content's there and it's yeah, important. hundred percent But like it definitely causes your accuracy and your thought process. It definitely messes with your your you process. have to be you have the intestinal fortitude to to go against the media grain, which I find it easier and easier to do. But when I started, I was like, oh, clearly so and so knows what they're talking about. Turns out so and so didn't know what they were talking about. Right. Lesson okay. learned. Three, four, five on your big board. Kyle Hamilton. So and so, by the way, was you. Oh, there you go. That works out. That checks out. Kyle Hamilton, three. You have him going seven to the Giants. Um, do you think it's too high? Is that too high for safety? Oh, yeah. By Trayvon Walker. Um, not in your top five. Being my, or he's your number seven prospect. You have him mm-hmm. going number two now. The Trayvon Walker team has been unreal. That this is a this is a this is a media thing, and I I need to check around some of my folks about it. I haven't gotten to that yet. So this is a media driven narrative. So I don't I love Trayvon Walker. I, I but he's he's sort of raw, and he played in a defense that's going to have twenty five guys feel like get drafted in the first round. So you have him, you have Jordan Davis, you have Devonta Wyatt, all playing on that defensive line. And all dominating in different ways. Then you have Nicobe Dean and Quay Walker and Channing Tindall playing the linebacker position. Um, you have Lewis Cena at safety, Derrick Kendrick at cornerback. So that's, I mean, all those guys are going to get drafted 
most of them in the first two rounds. So you have to sort of figure out um, what is contributing to to what in terms of productivity. What is something that can is solely the the having to do with that player being that good. And these guys are all great football players, but no none of these Georgia guys are going this high. And Javon Walker is is making making his case to do that. He also the um, RAS scoring that they do. He was like the literally the the 99th, 99.9th percentile out of a hundred folks. So um, that also gets your attention in terms of the athleticism. Absolutely. So I need to circle back on that. So right now I have him going number two. He's my, he's in from the old, from old math bomb on Twitter. What's that? He does the RAS scores. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, yeah, that, that's, it's, it's actually um, a great resource for sure. But sometimes like that, and like, I, I love the fact that mock draftable does all the comparisons with the, with the combine scores. Those are all important. You can't fall in love with any one thing. I think it's a lesson. Yeah, I'm trying to look at, uh, trying to find Trayvon Walker, just see what his mock draftable is probably off the roof too, uh, off the roof, out of this world. Oh yeah, I, I, it is mock draftable season. Yeah, nine point nine nine. Man, quite the, quite the performance by. Well, I mean, I guess that counts the combine stuff too, right? I think so. The the times, right? He ran. What did he run the forty in four five one at six five two seventy five? Jeez, mean, Louise, what are we doing? Yeah, uh, broad jump nine point two four explosion rating. Yep. I mean, so here here are his his comps in terms of mock draft and this is all solely based on his, his measurables of the combine and his times. Peyton Turner, who was first round pick last year, mm-hmm. uh, the Saints, Janarius Robinson, um, he got drafted last year as well. Ziggy Ansah, Preston Smith, Daniil Hunter. Emmanuel Ogba, Jadavian Clowney. Man, his uh, his spiderweb graph on a uh, mock draftable is pretty good. Yeah, it's filling in the colors. Uh, Joe Trine as well. So these these guys are all legit. So that he he's off to a good start. <laughs> Clowney, seventy yeah seventy percent comparison. Nobody's above seventy five for him. Um, although you can slide him over here, you can slide him over to Edge uh, on mock draftable, and you get Montez Sweat at eighty five point eight percent, which is not a, not terrible either. Um. Peyton Turnigan shows up, Ziggy Ansa again. Yeah. Brian Burns. Brian Burns was much lighter than he was. He weighed 240. I think at the combine played like 230 something. But yeah. uh it's still, I mean, the, the athleticism, it ain't no joke. Uh if you if you if you pop on DL or, or DN, yeah, Ziggy Ansa pops up too. So that's pretty some some decent comparisons. Not bad. Yeah, I mean, this guy's a, an incredible football player. You just have to figure out, okay, what's this gonna look like at the next level? Is it worth the number two overall pick? Right. I mean, Chase Young was the number two overall pick, felt like a slam dunk. He hasn't quite been a slam dunk. So, you know, sometimes everything's a risk. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. Garrett Wilson. You're the Chiefs trading up to 10 to get Garrett Wilson your latest mock draft. I was waiting for you to come across this. You were talking about the, the crazy Panthers trade. I think this is a trade that seems perhaps more likely. I'll give you the details. So, Chiefs traded, obviously, Tyree Kill in real life to the Dolphins, got their, their first round pick in addition to five other picks, I believe. So, the Chiefs as we sit here in, in the real world, have the 29th and the 30th pick. So I had them trading. Uh, let me get this right. And this is using our buddy RJ White, the sports line managing director, his sort of homemade draft uh, value chart, which is is pretty on point. So I have the Chiefs, Chiefs trading picks 29, 30, and 121 to the Jets for their 10th and 146 picks. 29, 30, and 131? 121, which is a fourth rounder. And the Jets give it the 10th and the 146th. Interesting. By the way, uh, speaking of the Lions who took Trayvon Walker, remember my my boy, uh, I guess he's on there for hard knocks reasons, but um, Rod Wood is the face of the Lions currently on NFL Network speaking with Andrew Siciliano and Tom Pelissero, which is kind of interesting that it's not it's not the GM 
or the coach. It's the uh, it's the Lions president and CEO Rod Wood, which is, I, I don't. Inter- I think that's interesting. Why? Because I think I've been I've been talking about how he's a lot more involved than he has been. Yeah, they got him out there. Tried him out there to talk about hard knocks. I'm not talking about. Yeah, he was making like roster decisions last year. I just just something worth watching. Right. So anyway, uh, what do you think of that trade? Would you do that if you're the Chiefs? You get the best wide receiver in the draft, the wide receiver in Garrett Wilson, who reminds me a lot of Odell Beckham. Yeah, I think I'd do that. Um, I guess it depends on how you know how you how the Chiefs how their what their grades are on on the various wide receivers. You're not getting anyone at 29 or 30 that's going to come in and impact your team in the way that Garrett Wilson or Drake London, uh, maybe even Traylon Burks. I don't know. He ran a little slow, so I'm sure that'll have, give some teams caution. But Garrett Wilson and, and Drake London, and even Jameson Williams. He Jameson Williams might be there. But you're taking a huge risk because guess who picks uh, at 28? The Green Bay Packers, and who who picks at 22? The Green Bay Packers. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so, I do. I do wonder. I mean, Devo, uh, I'm curious if you. I think Jeremy Macklin was an impact guy in year one, and maybe Deshaun Jackson was too. It does feel like like Tyree Deshaun Hill, Jackson was a second round pick. I think for some off field stuff and because of size. So that was and, a little. Yeah, and Tyree Hill dropped for obvious reasons as well. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking like where they. Oh, they got him in the fifth round. My goodness. Um, they. Uh, like Tyreek Hill didn't explode until his second year. I'm just sort of trying to think back if Andy Reid traditionally has wide receivers blow up in, in the first year in, in his system. I feel like it's he they sort of take like in other words, what I'm saying is maybe they're willing to wait and get two wide receivers at 29 and 30, knowing that they can cycle in and replace uh, you know, Marcus Valdez Scantling and Juju Smith Schuster if they don't work out or you know. Well, my question to you, and I'm I i do not know if you have the answer, who are you taking at 29 and 30 that, that are gonna be worth it? Um I don't. I don't have the answer to that. Right, and that's my point. I don't think anyone does because it's going to be slim pickings. There are plenty of guys that are worth round two, day two value, but I don't know if I want to take them. Like Jahan Dotson, I like. I don't love him at twenty nine. He's he's out of Penn State. He's he's sort of like um, KJ Hamler in terms of the size. He's a different sort of player. KJ Hamler went in the second round. I think KJ Hamler's a little faster. Um, Steve, I don't know if you have a preference between Hamler or, or Dotson, or you like them both equally. But I think Dotson was the better all-around receiver in, in college. I think he tested a little worse than people expect it, where Ham, Hamler was just that that speedster. But Dotson, I think, all, all together is a much better polished pro product. Would you want to take him in – like, w- would you take him in with the, if you're the Chiefs in late in round one? Uh, I mean, I've thought about, like, for the Eagles' second-round pick, but late round one seems like you're you're pushing it there. Okay, that's how I sort of feel. So we'll see. But all right, that's good. So, I mean, there's that. There's uh, people love, media guys love Western Michigan Sky Moore. He's a good football player. He's not around. One guy, Alex Pierce, Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. Uh, Prisco's big on him. I, I don't love him quite so much, but again, he's not around. One guy. So they're Jalen Tolbert. Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama is a, he reminds me a lot of Will Fuller. He has some of the craziest focus drops you'll ever see in your life. Yes. I, I just don't understand some of the drops he had, but he, he had a good senior bowl. I think he ran well at the combine. I wouldn't take him in the first round. I think he, day three, day two is when you start thinking about him. Maybe even the second round. I think I've had him going second round. Some of these multi-round mock drafts I have to do. So, I mean, that's, I would imagine that's the math that the Chiefs are trying to figure out, like who's going to be there, especially with at twenty-two and twenty-eight, the Packers are going to be picking. It would be pretty surprising if Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, or Drake London fell to them. Maybe Dotson. Chris Olave could be there. Like I, I don't love him as much as Garrett Wilson. Maybe Traylon Burks is there because he ran a four five five and his three cones a little slow. But I think he's a really good football player. But then the question becomes, 
does uh, and we'll actually find the answer out together because Traylon Burks reminds me a lot of like the the best parts of Anquan Bolden and Juju Smith-Schuster and AJ Brown. Like, is Juju Smith-Schuster going to be a game changer in Kansas City? I think it'll be pretty good in Kansas City, but maybe not a game changer. Uh, one, I mean, one guy that they could trade up for too is like maybe you could trade up and get Jameson Williams, knowing that he doesn't have to be an impact guy in year one. Yeah, I hope you don't. You, I don't know if you trade up to ten to get him. That's what I'm saying. You trade up a little bit, trade up a, like don't instead of giving up the two first round picks to move up to 10, maybe you give up some of the later round picks to move up to like 17 or something for 29 to 17. Yeah, maybe the Eagles might be interested at 16 to still have a first round pick and get some other picks in on day two or something. Also, yeah. it's worth noting, you know, I, I originally like you don't do it for Jameson Williams. If Jameson Williams is the best wide receiver in this draft class, like if you're getting Justin Jefferson, but you have to wait till November to get him, I think you still make the trade up to 10. I love how you have it mocked this week, Ryan, to the Eagles. Like, I would love that. Like, I'm with you. Like, there's no pressure on this team to compete right away. Draft the guy that's going to be the best. Yeah, who's – oh, and Jameson Williams. Oh, right, yeah. This is actually – this is a home run. I, I'm pretty proud of this one. Because Derek Singley falls. I don't know if Derek Singley's going to fall. That's just sort of a media talking point. Like, I, I like his game. And, I mean, teams have actually said, well, we haven't seen him playing forever, so we don't know where he's at. And he's struggled in the three games he played. But that 2019 season is hard to get over. He was a true freshman, and he was playing with the best players on the planet, and he was awesome. So, oh wow! Who do you, so you have the Eagles getting? Who's the third one? Scroll. Devin up. Lloyd, Derek Stingley, and Jameson Williams. Woo, man, making Debo happy. NFC East favorites, baby. By the I, way, Debo, I talked to your talked to your dude Hassan Reddick over the weekend. He's he's super excited about representing you in, in Philadelphia. He's a let's go. Did you really? Yeah, he's one of uh one of the guys that was working out. Oh, okay. I was like, what does he have to do with Lansing? Um, that's cool. Uh, okay. I like that. The trade spicy though. That should uh that should be the headline of the, the mock draft, I would hope. Yeah. Chiefs make bold trade. But who Panthers throw in another quarterback, semicolon, Chiefs make bold trade. <laughs> I would do the Chiefs as the lead, but that's just me. Breach one. Um that's right. Uh to Derek Stingley. Nakobe Dean, 13th on the big board. You actually have him going in the first round to the Titans. Um, and uh, David Ajabo, 15 on the big board, but falling out of the first round, going 30th to the Jets as a result of, obviously, because of that injury, right? Yeah, absolutely. And maybe he falls in the second round. But again, like ACLs, Achilles, you sort of know, you can predict how they're going to respond. What's the... Yeah. Achilles, I think Achilles is a little bit more worrisome, but sure, I mean, it's... I mean, just your explosiveness. ACL, ACL is a laugh riot. Like, when's the last time we saw somebody not come back like easily from an ACL? Yeah, but the concern is, as Odell Beckham will tell you, he, you can tear it again. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean Deshaun Watson has two ACL tears, I think. Um, yep, he does. Um, although I, I know some some people in the league think that Achilles are easier to come back from than ACL. So I don't think that. I think the issue is it's not like the Tua hip situation. Where well, like, I, also, oh. I also think with the this you by going by taking a job in the first round maybe you have a jeffrey simmons situation where you you're glad you you end up getting great value on him when he comes back you're not rushing right. him back you know a team like the jets and you get that fifth year option on him which is a huge deal it may Absolutely. sort of allows you to be a lot more patient especially when it's one of those down at the bottom of the first round yep and another name i mentioned right before then in this mock draft i had the mock mock draft the jets drafting tyler smith the offensive tackle out of tulsa Pete likes him a lot, and I know folks in the league like him a lot. I don't like him as a first rounder, but I have him in here just because that feels the it feels like the direction things are going. I I, I think he's the second round pick, and I'm happy with that. But I, I just want to be on record saying that 
why he's there is because I know that some teams like him and, and Prisco um, is big on him. Uh, I'm not crazy uh, about him as a top 32 guy. Doesn't mean he won't be great. Just that based on what I saw last season, that he felt like more of a second rounder. Uh, all right, let's get to a couple. Let's see. Victor Garcia asks, is it Christian Watson a potential late first round pick? He's talking about the wide receivers. Yeah, North Dakota State. He would be interesting. Like, I like him a lot. I think I have him. Um, uh, do this old school. He's my 50, he's 52nd on my old big board here. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 6'5, I think 215 or something. He had great times uh, at the combine, had a really good senior bowl. He's a track guy out of Tampa. Uh, that end up in North Dakota State. I don't even know if he had any Division One offers. I don't know if he'll stick into the first round only because he the FCS component of it. Um, a lot of things he he does really well and athletically he matches up with these guys all day long. I just wonder about that. I would take so, him in the second. Terrifying round. comps uh, on box draftable: Dante Moncrief, Justin Hunter, Jerome Simpson, Stephen Hill, Ricardo Lewis. Those are all like tall speedsters. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that I mean that's that's how the that's how the mock draftable works. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen Hill, I haven't thought about him for a while. Oh my God, Stephen Hill, what a disaster. second round pick out of Georgia Tech. That's right. Didn't work mean, out. Who, who just don't draft Georgia Tech wide receivers in Paul Johnson's offense? Like, what are, what are we doing? Calvin Johnson wasn't a. Wasn't a Paul there Johnson. you go. Nice, nice qualification. Because I was about to say. No, no, Calvin Johnson was not a Paul Johnson guy. That's my point. I'm glad you qualified with the Paul Johnson right, part. Right, right, right. Um, and uh, the man asked, "How does Hamilton <laughs> compare to Jamal Adams coming out?" Well, the big issue with Jamal Adams was that he couldn't cover anyone. Or he he wasn't a true covered safety type guy. And he played closer to the line of scrimmage because I think he said the sack he's, record for sacks, right? He's the, a box, he's a box safety. To, like he he led the Seahawks in sacks two, last year too. And I think he set the safety record for sacks in the season or something like that. Oh, that might be right. Yeah, yeah I guess right. That's crazy. Yeah. But I, I think Cal Hamilton, yeah, I compare him more to he's six four number one, um, close to two twenty, and he reminds me more of a sort of an Ed Reed type. He's not Ed Reed. Ed Reed was smaller. Uh, they both ran the four fives. Um, and that doesn't seem to matter in terms of how the way they play, but you can line him up anywhere. He can play deep. He can play in the slot. He can play off ball if you want him to. And uh, his versatility is crazy. His sideline to sideline is crazy. His playmaking ability is crazy. He can high point catches because he's six four. Uh, he does a lot of things well. Now, does that mean you draft a safety in the top ten? I actually think you were asking that question at one point earlier, Brinson. I mean, that's up to you. You got to use him right. Like Isaiah Simmons was a safety coming out of uh, sort of a jack of all trades safety coming out of Clemson, and he wasn't really used right early on in, in Arizona. I think he's sort of finding his way now, but he was, uh, I think he's the 11th overall pick. So that's just, you get, you got to make sure you have a plan once you draft these guys. Yeah, absolutely. And um, by the way, I saw somebody noting in the chat too, that with Jamal Adams, credit to the Jets. Uh, you know, they fleeced the Panthers on Sam Darnold. They fleeced the Seahawks on, on Jamal Adams. Good, good work by Joe Douglas. Um, and Adam Gase too. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay. Uh, that'll do it for mock draft Monday. And uh, one more. Deuce says, is that the Panthers taking Willis at six? I see. Yes, it is. Deuce, that is the Panthers taking Malik Willis at six. If you want to read why, go check out Ryan Wilson's mock draft on CBSSports.com. Any other uh, thoughts on the big board players, Wilson? Mm-mm. I don't want anyone to come up on stage and slap the taste out of my mouth, so I'm good. <laughs> That's right. We're getting out of here before Will Smith storms the stage. Uh, for Wilson, I'm Brinson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Turn on alerts. And, of course, leave a five-star review. If you want a mailbag question for the future, Apple review five-star uh, and leave your question in there, and we'll answer it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Talk to you guys later. Later.